Warning, this audio may be disturbing for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> Spanish Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> like, told him to go in the bedroom. He keeps talking. We're trying to, like, do a professional podcast. Welcome to In an Instant, a podcast where we dive into tragic, unthinkable stories that people have fought all odds and made out alive. My name is Leanne, and this is my sister, Nikki. That's me. Yeah, and today Nikki's going to share her story. So let's get into it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So our story today is tragic, overwhelming, amazing, and yet a truly inspiring survival story. Our story takes place with a group of eight mountaineers that hike up the stunning 29,031 foot mountain called Mount Everest. Although our story involves multiple people, which we will slightly cover, we will mostly land our focus on the incredible Beck Weathers and how he overcame the impossible and made it back home to his family. Done. (laughs) How old is Beck Weathers? Um, Is he like, is he young doing this or is he old? No, he's like, so he's, he's old. So he's a doctor. Oh, okay. um, I think he got like a doctor. I'm not quite sure. I tried to look into his educational background, but uh-huh. I couldn't quite find very much. But he is a doctor. Um, he mostly specializes in medicine. Um, okay. When this story takes place, I believe he is over 40 years old. I might have it in here somewhere. I have the years, though. Oh, okay. It doesn't matter. I was just wondering if he was like, so he's like kind of right in the middle of getting old but not old okay yeah so okay so beck weathers was born december 16th uh, 1946 in texas he grew up most of his life in a profound depression because of this when he turned 40 years old he decided to turn to mountaineering and physical activity so there we go oh okay Uh, the physical activity helped him push his body to amazing limits and not let the depression take its toll on him. At some point through his adulthood, he married, he married a, Texan, a Texan woman named Peach, and they had two beautiful children. I love that she's from Texas, and her name is Peach. I know. That is so <laughs> cute. I love that. Okay, sorry. But yeah, so like I just put at some point, because like I said, there's not very much um, information I could have found of like before this Everest trip. Okay. Okay. So in 1986, he decided to enroll in a mountaineering course and later decided to climb the seven summits. This brings us to our story. So on May 10th, 1996, Beck Weathers was one of eight climbers being guided on Mount Everest by Rob Hall. Their group was called the Adventure, Cons- the Adventure Consultants Team. Oh, how many people were-, were in the group? Sorry, what? How many people are in the group? Eight. Eight. Oh, okay. So nine total. So there's eight um oh. eight climbers and they're being guided by one uh leader and his name was Rob Hall Rob Hall. Okay. Okay. They were planning to summit Everest on May 10th before 2 p.m. for their weather turnaround. When they got to the balcony, which is a place on Mount Everest, which is 27,600 feet in elevation, uh, Beck Weathers began to become snow blind. Recently, Beck had undergone surgery on his eyes to fix his nearsightedness. Due to the surgery, the high altitude, and ultraviolet radiation exposure, he became blind. What? And he still climbed? 
No, so this oh. happened during the climb on Everest. Oh, he became blind while he was climbing up? Like, he got to what they call the balcony? Yeah, so, but it's like a snow blind, so, like, it's only uh, temporary. Oh, oh, okay. I was like, dang. But, but he's he was, still going to climb, like, he's temporary blind, and he's still going to try to make it to the top of Everest? Yeah, so just a quick note. So there is four camps. Um, so there's base camp, or I guess there's five camps. So base camp is at 17,600 feet. Okay. Uh, camp one is at 19,500 feet. Camp two is at 21,300 feet. Camp three is at 23,950 feet. Camp four is at 26,800, or sorry, 26,085 feet. So those are all the camps. Um, the, there is something called the death zone. Um, that is at 26,000 feet. So that means if your body is higher than 26,000 feet, it will start to shut down um, because there, it's just it's too high in altitude for your body to handle. So he was sitting up there at 27,600 feet. So he can't see and he is in the death zone. Oh. Um, <clears throat> Let's see. So due to him being unable to see, Rob Hall told Beck to wait where he was and travel back to camp with the first group coming down. Uh, Beck Weathers decided he wanted to wait for Rob and not go back with the first group. Rob Hall and his remaining team with him was able to summit Everest just in time for their 2 p.m. turnaround. When his team began to traverse back down the mountain, he came across Doug, who lacked a little behind, and he decided to help Doug summit the mountain since it would be quick even though it was way past the 2 p.m turnaround so wait so they, doug got stuck up there like he was no so he he's just lagging behind so oh. they have a 2 p.m weather turnaround because there's a storm that is supposed oh. to hit mount everest um around like 4 p.m so oh. that gets them like two hours to like traverse back down oh um was so, doug well, a younger guy or an older guy no, he's Does older. It, These he's are older. all older. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so what was supposed to be a quick journey ended up taking two hours and they didn't summit till 4 p.m. So he was right there, almost at the top, but it took him two hours to get up there. Um, so a terrible storm that was predicted to hit Everest on May 11th the following day ended up hitting Everest May 10th that afternoon, just past five in the afternoon. At this point in time, Doug had run out of oxygen and was unable to climb back down the mountain, and Bob refused to leave him alone up there during the storm. So wait, Doug's out of oxygen. Yeah, so okay. he's out of oxygen at the top of Everest. Okay, who's with him, Beth? Rob. 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 So Beck is still on the balcony waiting for Rob to come back oh. down and get him. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. okay. Um, okay. See, so meanwhile, Beck Weathers was still waiting for Rob Hall. And when the last group uh, made of 10 people made their way down and saw Beck, they urged him to come back down with them since the weather was turning bad. Uh, their group ended up getting lost on their way to Camp four, 4 because of the storm, and when they attempted to turn back around and go back up the mountain, the team slipped on ice and slid down the mountain side. Um, my so they group, all slid down, like all nine of them slid? Yeah, all ten, yes. So they tried to make their way back up to familiar ground, 
uh-huh. and they couldn't be and they just slid back down how far did it say how far they slid down like no oh I can't imagine it wasn't like a huge slide because none of them died from the slide but they are tired there is like a blizzard and they're running out of oxygen and they're oh. still pretty high up and it took them like two hours to get where they are yeah oh okay so Michael Groom, who was part of this group, decided to tra- traverse back to camp and get some help uh, because at this point, everyone was tired, cold, and was trying to traverse in this brutal blizzard. Um, by, the, by the time a rescue team has arrived was several hours later, and Beck Weathers was so weak, the team thought he was dead, leaving him behind and helping back the others who were alive. They, they they left him for dead, even though he wasn't dead. And he watched the rescue team walk off. No, no. Oh, no. That yes. gave me goosebumps. That's so horrible. So him and he and like, this, couldn't yell for help or anything? Or? No, he, he is so weak. He can't even move. He's frozen. He's out of oxygen. He's cold. Like he, all he could do is just watch their figures because he's also snow blind, right? Yeah. So he doesn't have a clear visual, just like an outline of them, just walk off in the distance. Oh, that's so sad. It is. Oh it's very my sad. God. The next day, a second rescue team came back to check on the remaining people to check on their conditions. Um, the remaining people was Beck Weathers and this girl named Yasuku Namba. They were the only ones left up there because they were presumed dead. I like um, your pronunciation of that because I would have butchered it. Yeah, you I'm just sorry have, for everyone with that name. I would have butchered. Yeah, that you name. just have to say it quick and with confidence. If you if you stutter in it, people are gonna notice. <laughs> <laughs> That's great podcast advice. <laughs> so um, the second rescue team came to check on their conditions and believed Beck to still be be dead. Same with Yasuku, um, and unable to make it down the mountain. He was left for dead the second time. So he was left for dead twice. That's sad. Oh, my gosh. Um, so the next morning, um, Beck Weathers managed to survive the blizzard with no shelter. And when he woke up, he got up onto his feet and began to walk down the camp floor. When Beck arrived at camp floor, his fellow climbers did not believe for him to make it another night and tried to make him as comfortable as possible in a tent. Because they so believe that was he, his last night alive. But he made it. He made it to another he camp. Got, he woke up. He survived a night on Everest in the death zone with no oxygen. <laughs> frozen basically to death. And he got up onto his frozen feet and hiked down the mountain. Did that one girl made it too? Like they, they got um, her? No? She, she's dead. Oh. Um, she Yeah, she passed. That's. Yeah, very, very sad. Very sad. But he um, got up and like walked on his own to another camp. Yeah. And they basically put up like, you know, when you're about to put your dog down, they just put him in a tent and was like, here's all your food, buddy. <laughs> yeah, they just tried. They gave him some warm drinks, gave him some blankets, just tried to make him at peace. Oh, okay. Um. So the following morning, the team decided to try to move back to base camp for rescue because he didn't pass that night. Um, He was made to walk on his frozen feet. And once he was moved to a lower camp, they were unable to get him further down. I know it's sad because so like base camp. So he's at I think he was at camp one. 
Okay. We're camp two. So they're still pretty high up on Everest, they're, right? Yeah, they're still high, too high up for like a helicopter to rescue him or anything. Okay. Um, so they were unable to get him back down the base camp. Um, and then when Beck's wife, Peach, gets the call that Beck is still alive but can't be rescued, she took the matters into her own hands and began to call around. Um, Peach was able to find a pilot that was willing to risk his own life in order to save Beck. The pilot was able to get a hold of base camp and have arrangements set for the rescue. Beck was moved to the Western CWM, so that's a place on Everest. Mm -hmm. um, it is a broad and flat valley that's 20,000 to 22,300 feet in elevation. Dang. So that's between Camp 1 and Camp 2. Um, it's closer to Camp, I believe, Camp 1, but it, they could have... That could have uh, traveled to Camp 2. Um, it's just unclear about that. <laughs> so <Okay>. anyway. <laughs> um, as the pilot is about ready to land on the basin, his helicopter begins to stall out and lose altitude. No, is he going to crash? He almost does. Like, oh he gosh. he's right there at the edge. Uh-huh. Like, he's, he's like... He can't get his helicopter right on, like on the flat part because okay. it keeps stalling out. The, um, the pilot decides to turn back around to the lower camp and strip weight from the inside of the helicopter. So he's like pulling out chairs. Oh pulling out chairs and just like anything that causes weight. Um, he begins to attempt the rescue again, but this time with more speed and more momentum and less weight. The pilot was able to successfully land his helicopter, and they rush Beck to get in it. The pilot then informs Beck of the risky route to get off and out of the mountain. <laughs> is, there's the pilot, there's Beck, and is anyone else on that yeah. helicopter? No, no, because this just rescue them? is just for Beck. So there's other oh. mountaineers that have managed to survive that blizzard, and they're in rough condition as well, but they're not as near as death as Beck is. So they're just trying to get Beck off this mountain. Okay. Um, so yeah, like this story has many survivors in it, but we're mostly just gonna focus on Beck because his is truly incredible. Okay, yeah. Um, the pilot throws the helicopter off the mountain and begins to glide it down until he was he is able to reg regain full control over it. So they're on the basin and he literally just throws the helicopter over the side of the mountain and there he they're just gliding down the mountain until he is able to get a low enough altitude to control it okay so they're kind of just free falling oh, that's so scary it's very scary let's see so beck weathers rescue was the highest medical evacuation performed by a helicopter really really like highest as an elevation Yes. Oh, dang. Um, Beck's right arm was amputated halfway between the elbow and the wrist. Oh. All four fingers and his thumb was amputated on his left hand, as well as parts of both feet. He lost both feet? Parts of them, yes. And he oh. lost almost like a whole arm and all his fingers on the other hand. Oh, and he was a doctor in, like, medicine, so he probably can't yeah. continue his profession. 
just wait. And he said that when he woke up and he was trying to hike down the mountain, he was like hitting his arm on like on like some hard ice when he was trying to hike back down. Mm -hmm. And he said that it sounded like wood. Like if you had like a wooden club and was like hitting it against the rock, that's what it sounded like. It was frozen solid. Yeah, it was frozen solid. Um, so his nose was amputated and later reconstructed with tissue from his ear and his forehead. So uh-huh. his nose was frostbitten too. Uh-huh. And he literally grew a nose off of his forehead. And then that's they cut cool. it off and put it on his face. That's pretty cool they could do that. I know. I that's so it's so crazy that you could just like grow pe- like tissue elsewhere yeah. and have it reconstructed. So after Beck's recovery, he published his own book based on his experience called Left for Dead, My Journey Home from Everest. He published that book in 2000. He continues to practice medicine and works in Medical City Dallas Hospital. His marriage with his wife, wife improved after this tragedy, and he remains in Dallas, Texas, I love that, like, were they struggling before, or did it just yes. bring them closer? They were actually uh, struggling before, so Beck was uh, very depressed, and that's oh. why he turned to hiking. He said that he bought the trip to Everest first before consulting his wife. Oh, so, I'd be mad. I'd be so mad. Yeah. <laughs> My husband did that. I'd be like, you're not going. <laughs> <laughs> they were having a really rocky relationship. But after this survival, they ended up getting closer together and happier. That's more good. thankful to have each other. Yeah. With a third party holding a satellite phone and the radio, they were able to get Rob Hall to speak his final words to his wife, which was, I love you. Please don't worry too much. Good night, my love. Which she replied, I love you, Rob. I love you. Wait, Rob's Rob didn't wife, make it? No, he died on the top of Everest. With oh, Doug. Yeah. yeah, they were like up there with no oxygen. Rob didn't want to leave Doug. And so they died up there. That's so like, oh my God, I could not imagine being the wife on that end of the phone. Like, yeah. You're just watching TV or Netflix and chilling or something. And then you just get this call. <laughs> yeah, it's very sad. Like, and before before his last words, um, she was trying to motivate him and was telling him to not give up, like, keep going, like, he has to do this. And meanwhile, during this trip, his wife, Jan, was is pregnant. And oh, she was no. Supposed, yeah, she was supposed to deliver their first baby by the time he got back. Why would he go? I was so sad. He. Why would he want to climb <laughs> Everest? I, I know. Oh. Um. So Rob's wife Jan gave birth to a baby girl in July of 1996 and named her Sarah. She should have named it Robina, <laughs> Roberta, or something. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> should have. I mean, still Sarah's a better name to be honest. But like, sorry for anyone named Robina, but. Yeah, I don't oh. think they're like a Hallmark family. Because <laughs> that's what the Hallmark family would do. <laughs> yeah, that's still like, oh. So Rob's body remains on the mountainside along all the others who have lost their lives, who are Scott Fisher, Andy Harris, who is also called Harold, 
Doug Hansen, and Yasuku Namba. Yasuku did reach her goal of summiting all seven summits, and Doug Hansen was able to place a flag on top of Everest, which elementary children have made for him to help motivate him. Oh, this breaks my heart. This makes me want to cry. Uh, yeah, it's very, it's very, it is very sad. I think when I first saw the movie Everest, um, I almost cried because it was very sad. Why did you want to focus on Beck, though? Um, because his rescue was insane. Like, yeah. yeah. He, was, he was left for dead twice on Everest. Oh, and, and he, he was conscious when he was like, when they came. So I know with the first one, he was conscious when they came for people. Yeah, the second time, he, I don't believe he was conscious. He was like completely unresponsive. Yeah, and then like he managed to walk down the mountain. Yeah. Meanwhile, his feet are frozen, his hands are frozen, his nose is frozen. And when he manages to make it down, everybody thinks that he's going to die, which is like the basically the third time. Like, yeah. but this time, like he managed, so he was left for dead twice. He made it down. People still think he's gonna die. And so they just try to make him as comfortable as possible. But then he still survives. Like, he's beating yeah. all odds. And then, like, he has to walk further down the mountain for a helicopter to come get him, which is still too high for a helicopter to even basically get up. Yeah, and good for Peach, you know, reaching out and calling, because he probably wouldn't have made it. But I was thinking, it's crazy how, you know, you have depression, which brings you down. You are like, life's not going to get better. That's just how depression is. And then when mm -hmm. something like this happens in an instant, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like it rejuvenates you and your life and the outlook on life, which is so sad because, you know, things happen and like, you know, you get hurt so bad you can't recover from like, you know, from amputations or reconstructive surgery, you have all those problems associated with it, but you're happier than you were at your prime, you know, mm -hmm. before all this happened, which that to me is crazy too like yeah it, facts <laughs> facts right there <laughs> yeah this is also the worst disaster that has ever happened on Everest really oh mm -hmm. well good for Beck like pushing through it and my heart to all the friends and families of those who didn't make and even like the other ones we don't talk about because Everest is crazy yeah. and it, it must be so hard that I unimaginable pain to lose someone or even to go through something like this. But it makes me question, why are we climbing Everest? Because they can. Because, they because can. it's there. I know. Maybe it's just me being like, <laughs> I don't want to put myself in danger. I wouldn't climb it either. But like if I did climb, I would want to climb it because then for the rest of my life, I would I would be a person that climbed Mount Everest. Yeah, I think the only way I would climb Everest if someone made a giant escalator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I could just, you know, go up the escalator. And then they have to have a down escalator, too. Yeah, or you like know. a tube slide. Oh, like a tube, yeah, <laughs> escalator <laughs> up and a tube slam all the way down. That's heated. Um, so I just have a couple interesting facts that I wanted okay. to share with you. Uh -huh. um so one pound at base camp is 10 pounds at camp three what they had to travel extremely light wow yeah because 
uh, they, we, yeah. Um, so Beck Weathers spent $65,000 to climb Everest. Jeez. That's a big chunk of money. That's, yeah. Um, hiking up Everest is an 11 day journey. 11 days? Yeah, I, because, I didn't think it was an overnight thing, but I definitely thought it was like, I don't know, a three day. Yeah. What? So I think climbing up to the, so climbing up from like the bottom to the top doesn't take 11 days, mm-hmm. but they have to like, uh, what is it called? Like acclimatize their body to the elevation. Oh, acclimate. Yeah. So they have to, so from base camp, they go to camp one and then they go back to base camp and then they go to camp two, back to base camp. So they keep going back and forth to adjust their body to the altitude. Okay. That makes sense. That's probably why it's stretched out. It's probably smart that they do that too. So maybe yeah. an escalator, you would have to do some stops and you stay like a day. Uh, <laughs> some... And then you get on the second escalator to base camp three, you know. Just... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That makes sense. If you really want to like push it, you could just go up and down the escalators multiple times. And then maybe you could get there fat. I don't know. <laughs> or they can make the escalator like zigzag. Yeah. And up and then goes back down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eleven day escalator ride. <laughs> yeah, that sounds exactly goes around the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. That was a really interesting, like, really crazy story. But thanks for listening again. This is in an instant, and give us a rate. We want those five stars because. Yeah, if you leave anything other than a five star, don't bother rating us. No, don't. (laughs) (laughs) But keep listening and downloading. Yes. We need all that. Just don't rate us if you don't like us. Uh, (laughs) I would just like to include the sources for this episode. We have wikipedia.org Beckweathers, wikipedia.org 1996 Mount Everest Disaster, Beck Weathers' book, Left for Dead, My Journey Home from Everest. Definitely do recommend this book. It has some heart-wrenching details. And the movie Everest, which you could rent or buy from any major platform. Uh, You could also stream it on the History Vault. We are on Spotify, Amazon, and currently working on Apple right now. Uh, You could follow our social media, which is In an Instant, which is Facebook and Instagram. Hope you guys enjoy the episode and I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.